I also was not paying a ton attention as much as I should because in 2014, Zoe Saldana and Patrick Adams, who is the main character from the show Suits, did a TV version, a four-hour miniseries of Rosemary's Baby. And that's honestly one of the worst ideas I've ever heard. You watched it? No, I just noticed it on IMDb and I was like, who greenlit that? Oh, so you were reading that instead of paying attention to you talk about Suicide Squad and some joke about Idris Elba. Yeah, sorry. Okay, great. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched. I'm Milan. And this is David, and I finally watched The Losers. So, I don't think I watched this movie like when it first came out. Like, God knows I didn't watch it in theaters. I definitely watched it when it came to like... uh HBO, TV, high channel, bright house days. (laughs) Um, But I remember like liking it a lot. um, And no one one outside of Central Florida knows what bright house is alone. Oh, it's like, uh, it's it's like extra super cable package. Uh, But anyway, so (laughs) the, um, my take on it. So this came out in 2010. So I must've seen in like 2010, 2011. Um, so we're talking about like 18 year old Alon, like liking this very, very much because, uh, Zoe Saldana, Zoe Saldana's ass shots and, uh, I don't think you see her ass. Oh yeah. They actually make it a point that when the glass shattered, the perfect reflection of slow motion was her butt, but we'll get into that later. Um, but what's really funny is like, you know, I think every uh, person needs a good main character to role model themselves after. And Clay, played by Jeffrey Dean Morgan in this film, was like, let me tell you, 18-year-old Alon thought he was the coolest guy. And what's funny about that is that back then, I had no idea who Jeffrey Dean Morgan was, no idea who Idris Elba was, barely any idea who Chris Evans was. Um, and now, well, now look at him. Right, David? What did, uh, <laughs> with all this knowledge, what did you think of the movie watching it for the first time yesterday? Don't forget about Columbus Short and Oscar Hanada. Hanada? Hanada? I think the fact Cougar. that you couldn't pronounce his last name kind of... What's actually funny is surprisingly he has been in like a lot of stuff since then. A lot of like Spanish language stuff too. But um, so in 2010, I did not see this. Instead, I went and saw the A-Team. Um, I think that was the right choice. These movies are so damn similar in like the plot of it. Kind of. I mean, kind of yes, kind of no. I, I saw the A-Team too. Well, I mean, in the A-Team, they go on a mission, they're double-crossed, and then they, the rest of the movie is them getting revenge on the person that double-crossed them. Well, here's the, here's the difference, right? Is that um, I waited till the losers came to television to watch it, and I actually watched the A-Team in theaters. Yeah, me too. I like really like the A-Team. It's a shame you've seen it, because I would love to do that one. Um, I, I think this movie's pretty good. I like never had any intention of watching it. So, um, but you can definitely tell it's like low budget, which is interesting because it it almost feels like they're like, Hey, let's just throw 
25 million at this. And if for some reason it makes a ton of money, um, we'll just keep doing them. Cause you can, this is movie is completely set up for a sequel, which we can talk about in the end. Well, but, and, it's, and it's based off of a comic book that was pretty popular, but I don't think it had like the right crossover fandom to kind of keep this going. Right. But I mean, like, I don't remember the A team. The A team could have easily been set up for sequels too, and it 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 made over budget, but you know, not enough to to warrant sequels. But this was like set up with a cliffhanger, yeah, which is is um is pretty funny. I, I thought it was pretty good. It's not it's not amazing. There's definitely some like there's definitely some points where Ash- Ashley was uh, talking with me about. It. She's like, oh, I almost spoiled it for you. And then like 30 minutes into the movie, I was like, let me ask you something. <laughs> and I said, is this what happens? And she's like, she's like, well, that's one of the things, but she's like, that's not. And so it's, um, I think it's somewhat predictable. Although I guess the main thing with Idris Elba, I didn't necessarily see coming, but it's right. like obvious. It's obvious in hindsight what they were trying to set up. Um, but there's also some pretty good moments. I mean, I do think that, Chris Evans is going for like discount Ryan Reynolds in the character he's doing as far as like the jokes and stuff. Well, if you remember, Chris Evans was kind of a discount Ryan Reynolds back then, which yeah, is he would, ne- he would never play this character ever again. No, and he couldn't. He honestly couldn't. But you know what's funny though is uh, do you remember the opening of this movie where it's just the star spangled stripes and Chris Evans voiceover? I really, really thought now this, this movie came out, I think around the same time he was cast as captain america but i thought that was really funny like yeah i mean this came out in 2010 and he was captain america just a, either a year or two later i think so i thought the fact that they had his voiceover and and I, I there was definitely a majority of the movie where i felt like his character stole the show um like clay was definitely the main character but uh what's his name jenkins uh jensen jensen I was close. Uh, Jensen definitely was. But okay, here's another thing real quick so that I just kind of get this off my chest. You said that this movie was like a a low budget A-team where A-team had something like a hundred some odd million dollar budget put into it, right? Mm -hmm. Now, the big reason for that, I feel like, is that the losers had a bunch of nobodies. Like, Honestly, who was Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Zoe, uh, Chris, like Idris? Who are any of these guys back in like this movie? I think was was like put together in two thousand seven. So definitely, who was any of them back then? Right. Um, I think I knew like I knew all of them around that time, but I do get your point that. I mean, Liam Neeson was fairly hot at the time because I think this is Bradley Cooper after the the first taken, I think, but I'm not sure. Um, I have Liam Neeson, Bradley Cooper. I don't uh, know if Patrick Wilson was anyone. Patrick Wilson is so much better at the bad guy in A-Team than Jason Patrick is as the bad guy in The Losers. So it was so funny because Taylor's watching this with me and we... uh, 
And she, she has no idea. She doesn't even know the name of this movie. She just went in it completely 100% blind. And she sees Chris Evans and she gets excited. And she sees Idris Elba and she gets excited. She sees Jeffrey Dean Morgan. She gets excited. She sees Zoe Zedana. She gets super excited. She's like, oh my God, I can't wait to see who they cast as the villain. I, can't, I bet it's like some big name, like, oh my God. And then Max pops up and she's like, who the fuck is that? It's like we knew that Max's henchman from CSI Miami more so than Max himself. Uh, yeah. Well, and his main guy is from um, Mine Hunters. Now is what you would know him from. That, that. Well, yeah, but he's also on CSI Miami. <laughs> very, very good. <laughs> I don't remember him from CSI Miami. I used to watch it a lot. Um, yeah. I mean, so I've heard. What's funny is when I saw him, I was like, I don't know who the fuck that is. And then when I looked up and saw it's Jason Patrick, I was like, oh, I know who Jason Patrick is. But I was like, did not recognize him in the role. Like, and I just, I found most of his dialogue to just be annoying. And like, I know it was going for funny, but it, like, it didn't make me laugh. And I was just like, and also, I mean, let, let's, we can just get into the start of it. So I actually really like the beginning of it not necessarily like the marvel intro ripoff that it was doing although i don't know like which one came first but i mean iron man was 08 so i don't remember if iron man had that in the beginning um but i do like the way they introduce the characters and i do like the first mission they go on um and the fact they're like all right we got to save these kids but as soon as they're like we're putting the kids on the chopper i was like are they gonna fucking blow up the chopper and then just like tonally that's such a weird movie to kill 25 children (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> seven minutes into it yeah um i agree with you on that but it had to be done um also what happened to the bikini women he just sends them off <laughs> they live there they <laughs> they weren't allowed on the bus well they probably got caught in the explosion to be honest oh, no, I, that's what i'm saying but why was jeffrey dean morgan not trying to save them too because they weren't cute little children but i mean that that was that was for not um, they were cute in other ways. I mean, maybe they could run. Maybe they made it. <laughs> Not in those heels. No, but here's the thing: um, is that tonally, you're absolutely right. Like that's a downer for sure to start a movie. Um, but what I actually really liked about Max's character is that he's not like okay, yeah, he kills 25 kids right off the bat. All right, makes you hate him, makes you want to see him die which you don't even get that pleasure, but we'll, we'll get into that later. Um, Maybe but, in two. But <laughs> could you imagine the budget if they made two and they wanted to keep the exact same cast, how astronomical the budget would be right now? Well, when Idris Elba's clearly back, he did not, like, he clearly didn't die. He jumps to the back of the plane. The back of the plane's the only thing not on fire. <laughs> like, he clearly is still alive. He comes back as, like, Mecca Idris Elba. I like, mean, his half eyes... His eye is fucked. Yeah, like his he, eye is gone. Jeffrey Dean Morgan got in there with his thumb. Um, uh, okay, so about the Max uh, character for the villain. So you have all these like really like kind of militia buff good guys, right? Jeffrey Dean. By the way, can we talk about Jeffrey Dean Morgan's weight loss from like the losers to what he looks like now? Because well, I haven't watched The Walking Dead as much as you, but. It, I mean, just, it's tremendous. He's gotten in such good shape. Um, but we have Jeffrey Dean Morgan, 
who's a total badass. We have Chris Evans, who's this kind of nerdy guy, but I mean, it's Chris Evans in, in 2010, so he's buff. Um, you could tell he was starting to get in shape for Captain America. Let me tell you who, whose muscle mass is incredible now and wasn't back then is Idris Elba. Like, yeah, pretty, Idris Elba is a big, looking. he's a big dude, but look at him now. He's huge, right? Right. Um, so you have all these militia guys. You have Pooch, you have Oscar. Um, I know, I'm, I'm getting their character name and their actor name all fucked up, but you know who I'm talking about. Uh-huh. And then you have Max, who is not um, a heavy set guy. He's not muscular. He doesn't operate his bad guy plans by force. He's very like thought provoking, evil genius sort of Lex Luthor type. And I really, really liked that kind of opposition that they were going for. Um, but you are absolutely right. He is incredibly annoying. Which I mean, I guess you could argue would. Don't you want to see him die even? faster <laughs> yeah but i mean i don't want to keep comparing it to the a team but my favorite part of the a team is patrick wilson because i just think he's hilarious the whole time especially the scene where he's like the guys are about to try and shoot him but they can't get the gun right and he's like he's like oh come on guys he's like amateur hour like like is has he ever handled a gun like that he he was so much funnier than that and that's kind of being that it's so similar that's what i was like looking for and he was going for comedy i just didn't think any of the lines were that funny and especially like once again, tonally, like, you know, the, what, the second time you see him, he's on the beach and he has this woman holding an umbrella for him and she stumbles. And so the sun hits his head and then he like shoots her and you're like, okay, like, what am I supposed, I don't know what to make of this. Like, I don't um, know what I'm supposed to feel about this. Yeah. It, it was so funny. Cause like you said, like there's parts of this movie that, that is, um, that are predictable and the wind like uplifted the umbrella and uh, Taylor goes, oh, he, he's not going to shoot her, is he? It, it was the wind's fault. It wasn't even her fault. And then it's like in the middle of her sentence, it was bam, you know? Yeah, that, that, that's one thing about this movie is you can, see, you can see so many of the beats coming. The last thing I'll say about the opening scene is I really like the way they show them giving the dog tags over to the family members. Yeah. And then they kind of go backwards and show them throwing them into the fire. Like, all right, we have to play dead. I thought that was a cool idea. Um, and then I like Oscar and Chris Evans making toys in Bolivia and them just like being like showing them being stuck there. That's the other thing about this movie is like, it's so short. So they do have to do things quickly. Like this movie is moving all over the world back and forth very quickly. And yet all shot in LA. <laughs> really? I mean, I don't know. There was probably like some sort of like Puerto Rican tax deduction they could get from shooting there. But I know like um Miami's I mean, in LA. Yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Miami's in LA. Houston was in LA. Houston's in LA. Yeah. Yeah. Um and I do think they set up the uh the Idris Elba, Jeffrey Dean Morgan like conflict pretty well early on mm-hmm. uh, just with like Idris wants to get home and Jeffrey Dean Morgan's like wants revenge. And it's like both of those are kind of valid at this point. So it's like, you don't really have, I didn't at least have like a, Oh, this guy's right. This guy's right. No, I think it was pretty like, 
I, you know, if you're watching this, I totally forgot the uh, Idris Elba double cross. Um, and then, like, um, like Taylor, we both thought that was part of their plan. Did you think that too? I thought it was a possibility. I also, in the beginning, thought Zoe. So I went to Ashley and I was like, all right, just tell me this. Zoe is bad. And she said, yeah, which is, it, she kind of was. You know what I mean? Like she was, she was bad in that she was like tricking them for her ends. And she was the daughter of a, a drug dealer or something. Um, but I thought Zoe was going to be Max. And then immediately they show Max. I was like, okay, so Zoe's not Max. God, that would have been such a better twist. Right? <laughs> yeah, I like that. That, that would have been cool. Um, about Zoe's character and her motivation, didn't you feel like Jeffrey Dean Morgan, all he had to do was be like, oh, yo, look, I'm really sorry I shot your pops, but he had a knife to a little kid and then he pulled a gun on me. So, I mean, I think eventually he'll tell her, like, hey, your, your dad pulled a gun. I mean, it, from the, that scene, it looked like Fadil pulled a gun so that he would get shot and killed. You know what I mean? He was, like, he was just like, reaching. He was just reaching for, like, a glass of water. Yeah, I think he wanted to get shot. I also think it was so funny when, first of all, they're like, oh, where did this $4 million go? And then they all look at the computer like, oh, shit, and they start running, and you're like, well, you clearly know that's Zoe. And then when she's asking about her father, she's like, so what happened with Fadil? Like, she puts this extra emphasis on his name and is like, all right, well, that's fucking weird, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, did, were you... I was not a fan of them sleeping together. I didn't feel like... I'm sure Jeffrey Dean Morgan was. Yeah. I didn't feel like the movie needed that. But I, So they... They were doing this whole he always gets affected by women thing, but they didn't really follow through with it that well. I mean, I, I guess they did in that it sort of was the incident that led to Roke Idris Elba leaving. Yeah. But then they, it also just seemed like an excuse to show her in her underwear. See, that's what I'm talking about. This movie is slightly sexist. I don't know if it's sexist. Well, I mean, showing... You get to see you get to see Chris Evans in his underwear. Uh, okay. If anything, it's just equal opportunity. It's it's honestly fairly progressive. <laughs> yeah, you keep you keep saying that. Um, I mean, all did she you, was doing did you, was did you enjoy her the angle? own sexuality. What D- did you enjoy the angle of his dangle? Angle of the dangle. I think that not only is that probably one of the most like well-known scenes in the movie but it is certainly my favorite scene in the movie where he has his hands up as guns and he's like i'm a i'm an experiment from the government which just automatically puts me into captain america vibes made me think of push oh yeah push Push? no i haven't seen push really yeah that's an episode push is so good um yeah, that scene was in the trailer. All of that with him on the elevator and the women looking at him and then him doing the thing. Like, I had seen all that and I haven't seen the movie, so. Yeah. Um, do you think, is Jeffrey Dean Morgan in this movie good at fighting? Because <laughs> he kind of gets his ass kicked by two people, really. Although he does fuck up Idris Elba's eye, but he kind of loses both fights. 
Um, let me ask you a more important question. Is, uh, is it realistic to have a plane coming at you at one end and then a motorcycle, uh, a guy on a Ducati coming at you at the other end and just <laughs> fucking smiling about it? Well, I don't think, I don't think that the plane would just automatically stop because a dude goes to the engine. Like there's still the forward momentum. Right. And then the motorcycle hitting it, I still think you would have had to have gotten out of the way. It was pretty close to him. It's also uh, outside of the origin Wolverine movie, the worst fire CGI I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Actually, I thought that the the money on fire falling down was really bad. I thought that was worse. It's the only like, other, it was took away. The only other really bad CGI in like a... Uh, like a major, like kind of blockbuster movie. Did you ever see Olympus Has Fallen? No. So in Olympus Has Fallen, the Washington Monument gets hit with something and crumbles. Okay. And it looks like, did you ever in school when you were like in kindergarten or first grade have those like bricks that you could build up? They're made out of cardboard and you could build stuff with them. It yeah. just looked like, car it looked like those cardboard bricks falling down. <laughs> oh. So it's like this... This kind of topped that with that CGI because so bad. And I don't even know, like, 10 years ago, was that just average CGI or so was Olympus it bad then? So Fallen is different from the movie White House Down, right? Yeah, it's one of the, it's that's a deep impact Armageddon situation, yeah. Olympus Wait. Has Fallen has Aaron Eckhart and Gerard Butler. Have you seen both? Yeah. Which one was better? Outside of the CGI, like White House or um, Olympus Has Fallen, a little better. It's more actiony, and White House Down is more comedy, le like less actiony, I guess. Mm. Interesting. Like slightly. Um, um, I really need to refresh myself on the A team because I I don't even remember Patrick Wilson's character even a little bit. I remember Bradley Cooper because, um, like I said, I, I uh, eighteen year old Alon like grafted towards the charismatic characters not even saying face was the main character in uh in the a-team because it was definitely liam neeson but i remember riley cooper's face very vividly in, in a-team um and that's about it that's all i remember i i think it's interesting we still have even at the end of the movie we have no idea who Zoe Saldana is, who she works for, anything. I guess you could read the comics to figure it out if she's actually even a character in the comics. Um, and then also this technology of snooks is like, I don't know that I've ever seen that in any other movie. It's like, that's the scene where you meet Max yeah. and he throws a scientist off the building. Um, you know, and Max is also like super racist. Yeah. But it's, it's like played for like laughs which, so you, what you're saying, and this is a dilemma that I've come across quite a few times in, in film, is, is he a racist bad guy because the filmmaker and the writer wants you to dislike him more for being a racist? Or is that just part of early 2000s comedy, not geared toward, towards his villainy, but just to be played for laughs in the movie? It's the thing though, is like, they're not even, the jokes aren't funny. They're so like, they're jokes like you made as like a, 
a fifth grader you know what i mean they're like they're just it's... let's be honest who 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 really was this movie made for <laughs> the fifth graders true true i mean it is and it is pg-13 so definitely true um also uh, the symbolism of bringing them home in coffins across the border i was like oh that was one of those things where the director's like look at this huh what do you think Pretty um cool I, I didn't want to actually get off of Max's racism so fast because I felt like at the end with the snooks, right? Because like, first of all, I guess back in 2010, the villains that we still put in films were like Middle Eastern nurse, right? Like we, like remember how like in the 80s, most of the villains in the 80 films were like the Russians, all the villains were the Russians. And now in like early 2000s, all the villains, including Iron Man, right? All the villains were like the Middle Easterners. But I felt like it was too predictable for it to be that. Like, I, I, I didn't like that part about it. I thought they could have done something cool with it and they didn't. Well, the, I mean, first of all, the scientists are Indian. So they're not really Middle Eastern Second of all, they're not really the villains. The villain is a white CIA guy. They're just scientists that are being having, you know. Yeah, but like you get the weapons from like that part of the, I, I don't know. I felt like that was a little teetering towards, like I felt oh, like film being racist. Also, the snooks, bio, like nuclear weapons, but like for the, for the environmental friendly, that's kind of funny. Like I wish they pressed more onto that. Yeah, well, they didn't. They explain it in one scene, and then never again. And it's like, I, do they? I think they like. I don't even know how they work. They like just make green grass go away. They can like destroy an entire island and make it demon. They're called a. It's called dematerializer. I think they realized the science was so horrible. They're just like, let's just fucking mention it and get out of here. <laughs> like, yeah. I, at first, when they said snooks, I was like, oh, small nuke. I got it. That is yeah, not it. That is not it at all. Um, I also think about the fact that uh, instead of, I don't know, what did you think about the ending? The first ending. Because granted, there are three endings to this film. But the first ending being instead of like a this like brawl face-off between Max and Clay, you just have Clay jumping in after the uh, the trigger. I think, I think if... I think if you realize you're not going to get a sequel, you just have him as he jumps off, shoots him, and then falls into the water. Um, Director's cut. The only thing, the the only thing in this entire movie where I thought Max was funny is when the two gangbanger guys come up to him on the bus and are like, "Nice watch," and he looks it back and forth and just sticks his arm out for them to take it off of him. <laughs> thought that was good. Yeah. Um, I. The the only thing with the ending is that it kept running through my mind was they're setting up for a sequel that they're never going to get. And I think movies have learned from that now to where you end a movie, you give it like a proper ending that ties everything up, but leaves the ability for sequels, right? This, yeah. this left everything completely open. Like we don't know if Idris Elba's alive. We know Max is alive and that Clay is going to go after him, but we get like no satisfaction of it, which is like 
not really the movie's fault because I think they thought, given how low the budget is, if we double that in the in the box office, we're going to get a, a sequel. Like I think they're banking on that, and it just did so horribly. Yeah. I remember when this movie came out, and I don't I don't really know why, but I was just like I have no interest in it, and it's probably right that the the people in it weren't exactly like the stars that they are now. I yeah, mean, could I you think- imagine this movie coming out now? Like the just the star power alone would have would have filled the seats. Yeah, you asked that earlier on. I um, although you so I think Idris Elba was pretty big. Like he, I he had done a lot of things that I had seen him in at that point. Um, but I think Zoe Saldana was probably the biggest star at this time, coming off mm. of Avatar and Star Trek. Yeah, that's true. So. And then Chris Evans. Chris Evans was in a bunch of stuff, but you know this is a year before Iron Man, which really like you mean Captain America. Another... Yeah, sorry, Captain America. Yeah. Um, the thing is, too. Speaking of Iron Man, you know, Iron Man ends with everything wrapped up, and 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 I know now Marvel is famous for its post-credit scenes, but you have to think back that they were putting a lot of faith into Iron Man, not thinking that it would, you know. Um, you know, maybe it would make it, maybe not. But doing a post-credit thing that leaves something open-ending, you know, that sets it up for a sequel, is also a, another good way of doing doing that. Yeah, in this movie, the post-credit scenes are just more jokes. Yeah, which I I actually like them honestly. I would have thought it was funnier if Chris Evans actually hit the female referee. <laughs> yeah, same. I was waiting for it too. Yeah, I wanted an actual fight instead of her just bumping him. Um, we also forgot that Chris Evans was in the Fantastic Four movies before this, so he wasn't like nothing. No, he wasn't nothing. But but then again, think of like Johnny Storm in the Fantastic Four movies. It was a very similar character. And like you said, I don't think he could be that character anymore. Right. Um, I did enjoy getting back to the movie, but I did enjoy the uh, stealing of the helicopter scene into to the Miami scene. Um, I did think though that when so Wade, who is the um, who's the Max is like right hand man, he's the yeah bad guy. He's from Mind Hunters. Um, they just like he sees Pooch and recognizes him, and then they're all like, "Oh shit, Wade's working!" And Zoe Sutton was like, "What's that? Who's Wade?" And they're like oh, he's just so much better than us, but then nothing else in the movie, like... Yeah, I didn't... There was a couple of things that they, like, set up with words and then that just never paid off in action. That was definitely one of them. And also, how the hell does Wade recognize Pooch, like, 200 feet up in the air at a helicopter cockpit angle? Yeah, with probably, like... He should have had like a helmet on with a visor and like a mouthpiece. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. The other thing too, is the, the plot of this is like, they steal, they think they're getting max, but then it turns out they're getting this, you know, little box with, with basically money, money in it. Yeah. Hard drive. Um, And it's like, max is really pissed about that, but then he uses it to his advantage. And it's like, the plot is just sort of like kind of falls into place in like a weird way. It doesn't really make sense. Like how things work out. Welcome to the early two thousands. 
Um, I, I it does bother me. That does bother me. But it is in a lot of movies where the villain's plans are like undescriptive, and then because of the hero's actions, somehow the villain gets like ninety nine percent of his evil plans done. And then, of course, at the end, the one percent is the foil. But yeah, you're absolutely right. It's like it's the same way here. And so Idris threatens Zoe before the Miami part of the job and then also wants to kill her after the Miami part. And it seems like he is clearly right and he ends up being clearly right. Did you at any point in those scenes think like Idris is going to turn bad? Because I never saw that happening. No, I think I, I think I should have. Really? I think it was like one of those just out of nowhere things that is it a good twist is it a bad twist i don't know i mean usually good twists are like if you rewatch something you'll get like little hints about it happening and i just don't see how you would get that actually i actually get it i think it so i actually think it's a good twist in that at when it happened i was like yeah that makes sense i didn't see that coming but that makes sense to me that he would that he would turn on him because this entire time he's like, I want to go home. You know, even Zoe Saldana says to Jeffrey Dean Morgan, she's like, you know, all of your team has reasons to go home. You don't. Right. And so I think they do establish that. And he's just like, Idris Elba's like tired of dealing with this. Um, I, the one, uh, one other scene that I do think with Max is kind of funny is where he tells, uh, he tells Wade that he wants an 18-man fire squad. And then in the next scene, is like, hey, I don't want that anymore. And he's like, he's like, I want you to kill them. And he's like, well, can I just fire them? He's like, yeah, I guess, if that's easier. He's like, well, yeah, that's easier. And he's like, okay, wait, do they know about Clay? He's like, yeah. He's like, well, now we're back to killing them. Yeah. And then he's like, well, I'm related to one of them. And he's like, oh, well. He's like, I'm going to do it, but I'm just saying, like, this is, this is <laughs> that, easy. yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, he's written in such a weird way that he, he he's almost like, uh, I don't even know. He, he has some sort of social issue, but it keeps saying, oh, he's a genius. He's a genius. So you just have to take it to the fact that, you know, probably doesn't. Um, Bad social skills. Well, yeah, but he probably doesn't relate to others very well. Um, we already talked about the Evans breaking into the building thing, which is, I think is a good scene. Um, although he's running around the building and no one's chasing him. And then he gets into the elevator and three dudes appear, which I thought was funny, but they open the hard drive, the Goliath hard drive, and it has exactly $400 million to, to the cent. And, and, and it comes up like really big yellow yeah. letters on the screen, just so you know that it's Zoe not Saldana's like... Lo- Zoe Saldana points and she's like, oh yeah, there's $400 million in there, which clearly when she pointed at it, it there, like she couldn't see it. And then in post it, like put that in there. It just looks really awkward. Yep. I thought the exact same thing. Um, I also think it's funny. The, the two Indian scientists that remain alive all of a sudden get very ballsy and are like, you know, we're going to have you killed. We want a billion dollars. If you, if you like try anything, it's like the guys behind you don't really look that tough. So I'm not sure what's happening here. Yeah. Um, that, that was a weird thing too, was because I assume that the original 400 million, by the way, and I don't know if it's just 
that 11 years has gone by since this movie first came out and now we're in 2021. Does $400 million not seem like a lot of money to you? They're both a lot of money. I think they're both, they're both seem like a, a good chunk of change. I don't know what the parts cost for Snooks. Um, well, if it's $4 million, four, sorry, $400 million, I feel like Dr. Evil where he demands $1 million and they're like, sure. And he's like $1 billion. And they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, no, but the, uh, the 400 million and he was supposed to get four snooks, right? So each one was a hundred million dollars. That seems low to me, but that's just, you know, I don't deal in arms. So hundred million a piece. Yeah. And then the, the Ducati is probably thrown, thrown in for free. He's like a, a bonus. That's what I, yeah. I don't think the Ducati was ever mentioned before. It's just in there and it's <laughs> at the end because it's super necessary for the plain V motorcycle scene. Yeah. Um, I also, uh, one thing I read, I didn't do a ton of research on this, but you actually get to see Max's hand. And I was like, the whole time he's wearing a glove, I was like, what the fuck is up with his hand? Is that going to play into it all? And that's just like a comic book thing, apparently. Did you read about how Max is actually twins in the comic book? And sometimes you see Max wearing a white glove and sometimes a black glove. And that's because he's, it's two people. But that's not in the movie. No, it's just he has a fucked up hand. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So you're saying in the comic book, he doesn't have a fucked up hand. He just wears one white glove and one black glove because it's two different people. That's what I read. So in, in this one, he wears a glove on one hand. Sometimes it's white, sometimes it's black to coordinate with his suit. But it's because he has a fucked up hand? He wears a glove because he's a fucked up hand. I didn't really pay attention to the color of it. Uh, sometimes it's a white glove, sometimes it's a black glove. But that's interesting. So it's two people. That would have been cool. And another like pointless plot thread that would have gone nowhere because there is no sequel to this movie. Yeah, that's 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 losers too. Um, they also never say like we're the losers. I was really waiting for that. Huh? There's, there's a lot of times where uh, where I, I know, say we're losers. But I'm yeah. just like we're the losers, you know. Oh, That's, you wanted like an Avengers Assemble sort of thing? Kind of. Uh-huh. Um, so we get to the uh, breaking in at the L.A. port thing, which is also where we find out that Aisha, Zoe Saldana, is the daughter of Fadil, who gets killed in the beginning. Uh, we talked all about that. But what I find funny about this, and I'm not, I just honestly realized this now, but, you know, Pooch after the Zoe Saldana like shootout scene, which I think the shootout of her in the hotel is really cool. I do love uh, Chris Evans. Like she's, she's has it pointed at my penis and they're like, would you rather face your face? And he's like, honestly, I know it sounds stupid, but yes. Um, But Pooch after that is like, Oh, this op is blown. We have to go. And everyone kind of agrees. And then Idris Elba says, now I'm going. And that doesn't make sense except for he is already like double crossed them. Yep. And I'm not, I didn't realize it until now, like talking about it. I was like, oh, that makes sense. That's and probably like, the think- only hint at that point that you get. But then, you know, Clay is like, when did you do this? And then he's like, back in, what did he say? Back in. He said, right after the Miami job. Right after he, the, yeah. Boy. Yeah, because he did it right after, when he, when he wanted to kill um, Zoe Saldana and everyone else was like, no. And he's like, I think that's probably the exact point he did it. Yeah, I guess. 
leave him alone long enough. Um, and then <laughs> Zoe Saldana, after the trap is set, just has like a rocket launcher and blows up something. I don't really know what it was. No, I don't know what that was either. Like a couple of trailers with a gas canister in there. But you know what's funny though is like, you know, at this point, this is the lowest point of all of our characters. They're all captured. It's, they're all taken into like a firing squad. They're all going to be killed. And I turned to Taylor and I was like, man, if only there was one member that was like ran off a quarter, three quarters of the way into the movie and that person gets the only person that could save them. Too bad. And then Zoe Saldana shows up on top of the thing with a rocket launcher. What I don't understand is how big is this port that on a different part of the port, Max and the rest of his guys couldn't hear that explosion. It's a big port. I mean, I assume so, but... It's the it's LA big, port. It's a big explosion, too. Um, that's true. Uh, I just... Uh, yeah. I also like as Jeffrey Dean Morgan sees his three friends about to get shot, just like uh, looks away, like... <laughs> just like, all right, well, nothing I can do about that. <laughs> yeah, and then I like how the explosion is... Uh, it g- gives him the willpower to like knock out the three guys in the truck with him. He's like, this is my moment. And then he just, a huge, a huge crash of that car, and he just gets out with two guns. I'm, look, here's, the, here's my like, full thought of the movie. Is, that, is it a great movie? No. Uh, but it's a really fun movie. Like, I, feel like, I feel like you have a lot of fun watching it, even though 11 years has passed and there's a lot better action movies that have come out since then. I feel like it's still with the bad CGI and the cheesy one-liners. It's just a fun movie to enjoy kind of like mind-numbingly. Oh yeah, I don't I think overall it's a fine movie. Like there are and it's also like I do enjoy sometimes movies that are overall entertaining but you can pick apart and make fun of. Like those yeah. are sometimes like the best ones to talk about. Um and so this was it's not like something I'm like mad at you for making me watch. And I do think there are some good moments in it, but there are also some just like very questionable moments in this specifically surrounding Max and, and like, he's a bad guy, but this is like an action comedy. Like he's a really, really evil guy, but right. this is like, a, this is a more comedy than action type movie. Right. Um, yeah. And, and it's still undetermined whether his racist jaunts were, the filmmaker or, or him being bad. Um, no, I'm not, no, I'm not letting you do that. I, I do think what does affect the tone of this is it's from a comic. And so the comics kind of deal with these super dark things, but also the comedy, I think a lot easier than a movie can. Yeah. And so I think the tone probably transferred over and just doesn't work as well for me. I mean, especially if the, the movie was PG-13 and the, and the comic was, had the ability to be a lot darker. Um, right. I think, that, I think that could be like the missing uh, piece for the tone. Um, there was also a point where it kind of reminded me of like the, um, what was it, the 2017 Suicide Squad, where I think Chris Evans or, or s- someone was like, Oh, it's a suicide mission. And I was like, what are we? Some sort of suicide squad? Especially with Idris Elba being there. But yeah. 
I also was not paying a ton attention as much as I should because in 2014, Zoe Saldana and Patrick Adams, who is the main character from the show Suits, did a TV version, a four-hour miniseries of Rosemary's Baby. And that's honestly one of the worst ideas I've ever heard. You watched it? No, I just noticed it on IMDb and I was like, who greenlit that? Oh, so you were reading that instead of paying attention to you talk about suicide squad and some joke about Idris Elba. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Great. You know, what was interesting. And when I saw it, I was like, that, that looks like that. Um, when they're in Puerto Rico on that huge satellite, mm-hmm. that's the satellite from Goldeneye. Really? Yeah. Which is fucking cool. That, that, that satellite's always cool to me. Yeah. It's cool. cool in the game too. It's a cool satellite. Fucking badass satellite really big yeah it's also weird to use it in this low budget movie for literally one scene it makes no sense why was it in it yeah they blew a huge portion of their budget flying to puerto rico although i guess puerto rico was probably was probably a stand-in for a lot of other it was bolivia clearly it was so it was it was super bolivia let's see hold on real quick i want to see all the filming locations filming locations puerto rico (laughs) <laughs> that's it puerto rico puerto rico puerto rico puerto rico puerto rico puerto rico oh brick l key florida which is miami 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 oh they didn't film in la at all it was miami and puerto rico according to imdb you know when i saw miami it always takes me back when we were living out in a, in atlanta and we were going downtown at the same time they were shooting bad boys 2 or no there was a bad boys bad, bad boys boy 3 life. yeah was it bad boy 4 Bad Boys for Life. Was that the third one or the fourth one? Third. Okay, so Bad Boys 3. Um, they shot that in Atlanta, downtown Atlanta, and brought in fake palm trees to make it look like Miami. So now I don't believe anything. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of I Finally Watched. I'm Alon. And this is David. And I finally watched The Losers.